Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on again with JB this week. And believe it or not, I'm hosting the great man Cheezo, which doesn't happen often, Cheezo. How are you? I'm well, thanks, mate. Thanks for asking. It's uh, it's nice to be on this side of the microphone, seeing up front behind the uh, uh, the presentation booth there. It's great to see you up there. <laughs> I know. I, I don't usually get the high chair when uh, when I'm on with you, but it's, uh, it's a bit of a flex at the <laughs> Feet moment. can't even touch the ground. It's so much fun just spinning around. And and that's that's with a solid six foot two person sitting in it, by the way. Just no, I'm sitting down here. Okay, Tall, I'm the tallest podcaster. Remember, we might all be six foot two on the dot. Actually, no, <laughs> no, no. I take that back. Pistol's six one at best. Um, okay, so the the round fourteen by has just gone past. Sorry, round uh-uh. thirteen. Yeah, round 13. I, was, I was looking at my score and I, I saw Proj round fourteen score, and for some reason took that as, as this week's score. I'll be, I'll be happy if I score that Proj, by the way. I um, love had, that you said Proj too. That's perfect. Proj, yeah, Proj is trending. Um, how'd you go last week, mate? Ah, uh, good. Uh, so nineteen eighty nine projected twenty one hundred at the start of today. So to go under two k, not super happy with it, but moved up forty five ranks into the top two hundred for the first time in my Huge. career at one ninety five. So. Happy with that. Um, I'd be looking really, really good this week if Zorko wasn't suspended. I'd be going in with 15 premium, so um, I would have been... That's unbelievable. But obviously not, and one of those is now Impy, so 12 premiums. (laughs) Yeah, now now it's a speculative 12. (laughs) Now it's a speculative. Please don't lose ranks. 
Um, but no, no, you, you look like you're going to get 18 or 19 on field, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I just played through 1978 for myself, also prod around um, 2050. So um, disappointing day today, the mm. Monday um, game, obviously not heralding the results that Supercoach had projected for us, which is a bit sad, but my rank went up back up to 1,400 um, that it was at the start of the buy. So absolutely zero movement by me so far, but again, um, 18 next week. So Big hopefully a, price, uh, a rank hike there. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the Patreon shout-out. So there's only a couple this week, literally speaking, uh, and then I'm going to throw for the Cancer Council. Um, so we had Luke P. sign up this week. And Charlie Thomas, welcome both of you to the Slack. Um, I think both have now, well, by now, jumped in and got their profile pictures, which is very frowned upon if you do not. Um, and Cancer Council, I heard there's a lot of movement on the Cancer Council this week. Bit of movement. Uh, the big news, JB, is that we have just crossed over the $14,000 mark uh, in, in Unbelievable. Uh, funds raised for Supercoach. So thanks to everyone's support. Uh, we do have some donations here. Blackie 27, opposition mids don't score well against the Tigers. Well, except for Parrish. I'm assuming that's for the weekend and uh, before. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I've got a bit of background on that. There was a bet oh. between Blackie and uh, Marshall, I believe, um, mm-hmm. on Parrish versus Laird. Um, so Blackie had led, he scored 144 or something and lost that bet with uh, Parrish being <laughs> the highest or second highest score for the round. That was pretty incredible. Why would you bet against Parrish? You, de- you deserve, that's almost like a donut for dumb things as well, on top of that. <laughs> on top <laughs> of that He's suffered enough, man. He's suffered <laughs> enough. Uh, I haven't done a pistol either and pre-read these to try and make it seem funnier, but um, Hygienic Nappies <laughs> donating for at least one donut in round 14. They're always excellent advice and from Chizo reading my rant emails regarding the buy rounds, before trades have 21 on field in round 13 and 10 in round 14. Jeez, have I set you up like that? Uh, and don't have eight <laughs> players that I want to trade out. Uh, take some solace that I'm not the only one in this situation, but I think a good rule change could have done the better. Good luck with your choices, community. Thanks, Hygienic Nappies. We've got Meso. I keep forgetting. He's got that in two different words, forgetting. Uh, to do this, and it is what it is, but Gunner smashed poor old Meso and got himself to win, though it doesn't matter because it was always Team JB for the win. Tom G., Got caught unprepared for the Thursday game and ended up with Lockie Jones at 43, stinking up my field with Highmore's 111 stranded on my bench. No buyer players in defense this week. That's unfortunate. And I got to witness uh, Highmore's play firsthand, JB, in the, in, the, in the front row in Cairns. That was really, really good fun. Uh, and Jay right donates... Uh, well... Fourth row. It, it was it was good fun. Uh, it took Mrs. Cheezo to the first game up here, and she was uh, um, basically uh, wanted to know which fantasy players that she had to uh, to barrack for every time they got the ball, and it was very endearing. Um, Jay also donates for the first time. A donator for dumb things uh, for a first donut in four years of super coach. Started with Reeves, laid out. They left me with seventeen for the week, and the misery started. Decided on fielding debutante Wyrell over Highmore, which cost me a ninety-eight points. And, oh and then to uh, to take Highmore's uh, Highmore's score, fielded Whitfield over Short. Who also scored 100? This is a mess. That, that's that's really unfortunate, Jay. Uh, my worst week in Supercoach all time for me, but all for a good cause. And uh, I, I, I thanks to everyone. I think in round 14, JB, we can uh, probably foresee some more donuts coming. If I literally, if there's no debutants this week, I'm probably going to end up with 17. 
We need to uh, embrace the nuts, JB. Um, speaking of nuts, JB, how do you take <laughs> care of yours? Smooth little segue. And uh, look, if you want to be smoother than pendles in traffic, you should head on over to manscaped.com, who luckily are our partners for the Doc and Supercoach podcast. They specialize uh, in helping you walk around with beautiful Sharon's. Over 2 million men worldwide trust Manscaped and the offer of 20% off and free shipping worldwide using code DRSC at Manscaped is once again in, uh, in action. Um, you know... There's so many things that we can talk about, Manscaped, um, and just what superior products they do make, uh, JB. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer we've talked about before, best hygienic tool can be used in or out of the shower, skin-safe technology, so it's unlikely going to nick your Sharon's and peel off some leather. Uh, the trimmer is also uh, a waterproof, mate, so... Um, the Manscaped Performance Package really is the best upgrade of the 2021 season, and uh, it comes with uh, the Weed Whacker, Air, uh, ear and nose hair trimmer, JB. I know you've been looking forward to that. Performance, uh, <laughs> performance boxer briefs and a travel bag. Now, if you get also get the performance package in that bundle, you do get the crop preserver deodorant, the crop reviver toner, and uh, the the anti chafing deodorant is going to make you smell nice, and it's going to make you walk more confidently when you go and uh, tell everyone how you went in round fourteen, JB. So it's going to help you <laughs> deal with these donuts that we're going to be facing. And who doesn't want to smell nice and just well manicured when we have to start selecting our Supercoach side? Um, if you do want to get involved and help support the podcast, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the code DRSC. Manscaped, thanks for partnering up with DRSC again and uh, making our Sharons look really good. Um, <laughs> the, way, the way you work Sharons into that... It, it gets me every time. They <laughs> should be paying you triple for that read. So well, well done to you. Um, we've got one last thing before we jump into the podcast. It's the Dr. Supercoach Cup um, starting the week after this one. It'd be a bit harsh to start everyone on the worst week of the year. Um, so the week after this one, it'll be Tuesday 22nd as the cutoff for those um, either coming into the Patreon to get involved in the cup or those that need to still change their team names um, in the Slack channel. So make sure we're on top of that. There are 18 spots remaining in the Patreon to go to the Cup. Once that is exceeded, there will be no more entries into the Dr. Supercoach Cup. That'll make 512 members. We can't afford to make another bracket and give everyone a buy, sorry. So it's going to be excellent, Chizo. It always is. Um, it's always very competitive, and our last couple of winners have shown off the piece on their mantelpiece. So it's been excellent. Yeah, and not only that, you, you obviously get um, the the physical cup for winning, which is what everyone wants. But we also, uh, the the top three placing coaches also get some Dr. Supercoach merch, but they also get uh, an indigenous jersey from the, uh, the, the team that they support. So um, obviously we, we can't tell who wins, but we want to... Um, uh, Give them some uh, some cool merch and stuff as well outside of that footy related. So um, I'm a large cheeser. You can just if you want to order that now, I'm happy to. I, I just realised they've sold out of uh, Collingwood jerseys. Sorry, uh, prison bar jerseys. Okay, okay, that's that's <laughs> enough out of you. Um, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna jump into the podcast. Um, a lot of exciting things coming up, but one unlucky, unexciting round to get through first. <laughs> Um, fielding 18 is our first discussion point here, Chizo. I've, yep. I've, I've literally got dot points. We don't usually do this. We, we freelance and we, and we just, you know, 
talk poo until we get through the hour and a half of podcasting. This week, I have to have dot points because it's such a complicated round. Um, first, I'm going to start with the generic question. Fielding 18, how important is it? Um, is it worth putting off future trade plans? Is it worth compromising future trade plans? Um, what, what are we doing this week? I know there's going to be a lot of people who, even with four trades spent, are going to struggle to get to 18. Um, how important is it to get this jump on the competition? It's a really, really good question and there's lots of different point of views but I like to kind of think about it really, really simply that if you have more than 18, what you might be upgrading to is let's say you had uh, had 19 last week, only your lower score dropping out. It might have been Bianco's 23 and then suddenly you've got Lockie Jones coming on field for 43. 20 points, it's not a massive deal. But having 19 allows you to, to drop that lower score. The thing is, if you're going from 16 or 17 to 18, um, even though you know Lockie Jones scored 43 in that scenario and you're only getting 20 of them, in the scenario of having less than 18, every additional play that you can have, there is no sort of like partial upgrade on those points. They are all countable towards your side. And so if you can sneak out an 18th player some way from, you know, I'm not going to trade X to Y and just go in with 17 because, you know, whatever reason, we have seen that a little bit. But the thing is, that player you bring in, we've just seen in the last week um, in Newcomb, what would a 75 do to your overall ranking in the hardest buy round by picking him up on the bubble and getting a 75 out of him as your 18th score. That's 75. If I got 75 points from an additional player this week, I'd be in the mid, you know, 2050s kind of range, 2060s. That would have been a huge jump this week. And I think you can't discount the fact that if you can get another entire score on your field this week and you have the choice to do that, I would definitely be leaning towards that so long as it doesn't completely impact and prevent your future upgrades if you've already got a couple and you should have a couple weeks in advance planned out as long as it doesn't compromise that i would still be trying to get an 18th if i could so let's discuss that a little bit how far are you willing to go to get that 18 um or for some people um, we might be talking about making a move that gets them 16 or 17 um but still it is all the same um every player that you get on top of having less than 18 is the entire score you're going to get all those points so it's all equally important to to climb up as many players playing as possible but how many how many weeks are we potentially um going to compromise in order to get that so um i know for for some people out there for me included um i'm going to get 17 or 18 depending on um rookies that are playing next week which we're going to discuss later as well um i'm only using two trades to do that I could be using, for example, four trades and, and trying to get uh, an entire 20 or 21 on field this week, but I don't want to compromise next week's trade or um, potentially finish the year with less trades or, again, finish the year with a full premium team two weeks later than I might have if I used every trade essentially um, over the next week. So mm. I guess it's it's going to be really team dependent and you not you might not even be able to comment on this um i'm sort of just ranting here but it's there's got to be a line that we draw where we stop ourselves and say you know what this just isn't worth the future damage 
I think it if it impacts you on someone down the line. So let's take danger as an example. So danger is probably one of the only players where I would prevent myself from trying to get to 18 if I couldn't get him down the line. So let's say you've got um, 14 this week and you could get 18 by using all those trades, but it doesn't leave you enough cash next week to be able to get danger at about 520k, you know, um, bottoming out. Or, you know, presumably if he doesn't have an absolute stinker again. Um, That's that's kind of like the line that I would draw, you know, like um, all these other kind of like ticky touchwood kind of upgrades, you know, where you kind of maybe you're grabbing like a, a, a Tom Mitchell or someone like that as you as your M8 or something like that. I wouldn't be prioritizing that over being able to get Dangerfield because of the fact that he is a forward. Um, and I think that those teams in the back half of the year, because in the next probably fortnight we're, or three weeks, we're going to be set and forget pretty much for the rest of the year, right? We're going to have one or two trades to get us to the end of the year. We've seen with Bianco and the rookies that we're going to have on the bench, it's going to be a little bit you know, sketchy. So I think it's important to now, like right now, is to get the players we want for the ride home. And I think if this week you can have 18 but miss out on danger next week, I would get 17 this week and get danger because I think he's yeah. going to be that he's going to be that important. He's he's one of the the guys that we can upgrade to that's going to be so far ahead of. I mean, I've got I'm one of the people that unfortunately have Impy still in the forward line. You know, if I can go from Impy to danger while everyone else is stuck with Impy, that's a huge upgrade. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and, and we're going to discuss MP shortly. I just want to ask one more question quickly. Um, what if it means having a, one less trade later on during the season? How few trades are you willing to be left with at the end of the season in order to get 18 this week? So, for example, if I was weighing up... Um, I, I know there's going to be a line here somewhere. I just want to find mm-hmm. your, your line. So, if I was weighing up getting 18 this week and being left with three trades full premium as opposed to four trades, would you potentially do that? How low would you let that line get before you said you know what I don't want to end up with one or zero trades just for a couple of scores this week yeah that's a really good point um, so we usually trade uh, what do we do we average just on some quick maths um, I probably would use a trade because we what we rank a trade as like 100 and 50,000 or something like that there or thereabouts in like a, like a random yeah maybe a little less value. this year or 100 points I think is about the equivalent yeah so um, 150,000 uh, divided by the magic number is like 30 points or thereabouts that's not a, a very very good description of what a trade is worth but I think if that extra trade gets you 18 this week and you go from scoring an 1,800 to an 1,850, that's going to be massive while everyone else is struggling to feel... Like, this is the one where players are going to be really, really struggling to get 18 on field. And if it allows you to get an entire extra player scoring on top of them, this is going to, um, you know, may impact head-to-heads. It's going to be huge for rank. I would be absolutely more than happy to finish the... uh, Like, finish my upgrade path with three trades remaining to get 18 this week if the 18 you know that you got is like a you know like a Newcomb for example if you missed him last week absolutely love that idea if you're just taking a flyer on jeez 
someone that's going to score sub 30 um, or, or, you know, you know, like a key forward or there's someone that's getting a, a – I would use the trade. Let me sum it up. I would use the trade if the player you're bringing in, we can be reasonably comfortable, is going to score 30 points or more. Yep. And what's I the threshold? That. And what's the threshold on trades remaining that you would possibly use the trade for? For for example, we don't want people using the trade if it then leaves them with one trade at full premium because yep. that might be too few. Um, two might even be too few. Maybe if it takes you from four to three, it might be viable. Mm. Is that yeah. sort of the, the range there? Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I think that's sort of the range. I. I have no problem with two. I think mainly... Well, I'm going to be I left mean, with two regardless, so yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I do this week. I, I, I think the whole idea of finishing our sides and having the upgrade path done is that we should, ha- we should be full premium and we should have a couple reasonable rookies on field that can cover a little bit, right? I don't expect everyone to be completely benchless by the time they finish their side. I guess that I get that we're cashing out a lot of these guys, but likes like Bianco won't be cash outable because we're too late in the upgrade path. Neither will Newcomb. Uh, if Reeves comes in this week, it's arguable that he's not going to be part of our upgrade path because you won't even get to 260, 300k, you know, until round 16, 17, but at which point you finished. Um, so we're going to have a couple of these guys on our bench that we're going to bring in that will give us cover. So I don't mind having two trades. I, w- I probably wouldn't want one trade. So in the question that you're asking, should I use like an extra trade this week if it's, I'm going to end up with only one trade remaining? I wouldn't do that. If I had two no. trades remaining and I was reasonably happy that I've got a, a, a decent full, a decent chance of a fully premium side with a couple of the, like the Newcombs and the Reeves and stuff on the bench... Two is probably my absolute limit. Okay, so we got two players here that we need to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being Isaac Heaney. I think it's going to be um, quite the agreeing consensus, consensus from us. Um, those two words I don't think should go together, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, in that we need to trade out Isaac Heaney this week. Um, obviously, he's on his buy. It makes it super easy. He's 402K. I suppose the people that we're kind of talking to are the ones that traded him in not for the game against Carlton, in which he scored 128 and, and made 50K. We're talking to the people who traded him in for the game against St. Kilda. Um, I think mm. they need a little bit more convincing. They've only made um, approximately 4K on the trade. They've made 92, 97 points in the two weeks combined with owning him. Um, it's not been a good trade-in for those people. I'm not trying to rub salt into the wound, but essentially you're going to lose another 25K when he plays the next game, which is against Port Adelaide after his mm. buy. So um, we're treating him as, as those who got him against Carlton were initially intending to treat him. He is just a means to an end, not, not a premium keeper. I agree but I also disagree. Okay, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting because if you plan on keeping him, so a lot of people that were picking him up, let's make this very clear, we were picking him up as a loan. We were picking him up hoping he was going to make us some cash. Yes. He's got, he went 110, 86, 128. The whole idea was that if we could sneak out round 12, round 13, get two tons in that, we're probably going to make 100K. Unfortunately, right. that hasn't happened, right? So, it doesn't change the fact he was still alone. We were still trying to chase the cash. Yep. So, you're faced with an option. 
now that you know, if you were banking on that hundred thousand to be able to upgrade or sideways or whatever, it's now a little bit too difficult for you to make those moves, right? Because the cash that you were depending on is no longer there. So if you plan on holding him and maybe you have him at F6, and I could think of worse situations for F6. Unfortunately, he does have a pretty high standard deviation this year. He he had a, a, a he always, has always scored better, better in wins. Um, I think the price doesn't matter. If you're holding him and he drops 25k, whoop-de-doo. You've you not planning on getting rid of him the week after. Is, is but sort of should what I'm people saying. be holding him? Is the is probably the the crux of it. He now faces Port Adelaide West Coast Western Bulldogs GWS. Yeah, he's going to get Fremantle. absolutely smashed to pieces. I think. Um, and, and he could potentially miss a game in that as well, with what Horse has been saying all season. Oh, he's been saying that since round two, though. <laughs> oh, and, and he has and missed, missed games, a bunch of games. Yeah. Yes. Um, if I was in the position where I had Heaney, I would be moving him. If I was in the yes. position that I had Heaney and Impey, I don't know what I would do. That's a really okay, tough well, call. Let, let's talk I, about I, it. I, so. I, I would probably be still moving him and holding Impey just for the fact that it probably helps him with 18 this week. Okay, well, let's discuss that. So, a lot of people out there do have both of them. Um, we'll talk about MP owners that just have MP and not Heaney in a moment, but um, for now, we'll go through the, the ones who have both. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, one's on the buy, one's not on the buy. One's going to be playing this week. Um, the one that's going to be playing this week is coming off of a 62, a 51, now plays Essendon, whom he scored 64 against in round one. Not that that's a huge indicator, but... It does matter somewhat. He has a break-even of 136. He's set to lose another approximately 30K this week with a projected score of 70. Um, Those numbers aren't good for those who are holding him. And even if it does get you a 19th, I, I would not endorse holding him. Even if it takes you from 18 to 17, I would still consider the move. Um... The 30K is the thing that's that's really nagging me. Um, that money's gone. And with Isaac Heaney this week, he, he's not losing a cent. So um, trading out MP kind of loses uh, 30K's worth of um, incentive as soon as he laces up the boots this week. So mm. um, it's, I guess it's kind of one to discuss how good a position would you have to be in to hold him how good a position would you have to be in to, to trade him? Where do you sort of sit on this? Um, if you're moving him to another player like Dangerfield this week, for example, or Lockie Neal this week, I'm not quite sure where people move. Maybe even Kyle Lankford, for example. Um, would you do it this week, even if it still has you sitting at 17? I think it's pretty simple for me based on the things that I've said. I think that the 18th player... Um, is going to be really, really important in terms of rank this week. And so I would be still holding him even with that, you know, 30K drop in price. You've got to remember that you're electing to remove someone that in the three games previous went 116, 82, 91. That's like rank-changing points if you have that as an 18th man. I think if he's your 18th, you know, you've got 18 playing and he's one of them, I would... I would be holding him in that situation. In fact, I am. If he was your 19th, I would be moving him before Heaney. 
because as you say, Heaney's not going to lose lose cash. He can just ride the pine. It'll take you down to 18. You've still got 18. You can move him on. Like I see players uh, even in Slack commenting, oh, I've only got I've only got 14 this week. Got to make four trades. Got to get rid of Impy. I'm like, why? Like I get he's gonna I get he's gonna drop cash, but let's say you're looking for danger. Danger's projected to drop more cash than Impy is this week. So you could just try and you know have a little bit of cash left over from your trades at the end of this week and theoretically the drop that danger is going to have you can go impute to danger next week and not like not even lose cash sort of thing yeah so i guess i guess my follow-up to that is before i dive into you really want to get rid of MP. stuff <laughs> um hey i've already gotten rid of MP. i'm okay i'm <laughs> off the MP train i did that last week i endorsed that on the podcast last week so um <laughs> Uh, j- just okay. So in regards to that, how uh, okay? Let's let's first. It's tough, I even man. Jump it's into tough. The next like question. there's no right answer. Yeah. So I kind of want to. I kind of want to dig a little bit. Why is MP scoring poorly? Do you think it'll turn around? Um, and I'm going to start with my answer, and then I'll 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 throw to you as well to see mm-hmm. what your opinion. Maybe maybe it might change with my answer. So I watched the game on the weekend. Unfortunately. Uh, it wasn't a great game. Um, and Jarman Impey did play in defense the entire game. Huge tick, right? But that's that's the role that we expect him to play. Um, that heralded so many points earlier in the season and, and made us think for, at the very least, a six-week period, maybe probably even an eight-week period, that he would be a keeper forward for us. What has changed since? So Will Day has returned to the side. Scrimshaw has returned to the side since the first month of, of football. Um CJ, I think, is outperforming expectations. But even with CJ aside, I think it's clear that Will Day and Scrimshaw are the not only the key intercept markers, whilst MP is the, the sort of guy who stays down and tackles the person who's trying to crumb the ball, for example, if, if that sort of... It's not his exact role, but you know what I mean. Um, those two, I think, have the aerial um, green light and also the rebounding green light. So... Um, those two were used in almost all of their defensive exits. Um, Impey had to work extremely hard, which he does do and, and can do, to work onto the wing to get his disposals um, on the outlet a lot of the time um, and on the spread. So essentially, I think too many incoming players that play Impey's role are younger and better than Impey um, coming in. It has hurt him far too much for me. I don't think he's got the ceiling that he once had. Um, the floor is still okay-ish, I guess, um, despite the last couple of weeks. I, I, the, go, the game against Gold Coast, it was thrown all over the field, so I sort of take that out in the game against Sydney. I think everyone who watched the game could have said that they probably saw a 70 game there, but he only scored 51. Um, so I, I think the floor should be okay moving forward, um, potentially 70, but that doesn't make him a keeper. He's still a trade out option. Mm. Um I just wanna I just wanna sort of get that make that clear. Um that despite the fact that like what we saw on the weekend sort of went okay with his role, it it just doesn't it's not good enough. And um they've still got reinforcements returning. And CJ even even with his scores you can even see compared to the start of the season, even he's been pushed into a more defensive shutdown role. Um, and we saw his capabilities earlier in the year. So um, I don't know, Chizo. Did you did you see anything different to that, or are you sort of of the same thinking? Um, I totally. Yeah, I, I just there was a lot of words for you. 
I, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. I, 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 in round 11, he did spend some time forward. He lost that kind of halfback outlet option. Uh, in round 13 against the Swans, he returned to defense. I thought his role was decent. I didn't think it was bad. There was a lot of times that um, he wasn't used when he could have been. Um, and there were a lot of times where he laid a tackle and got no reward because the ball got away. You know what I mean? So um, Yeah, I agree there. He he had, particularly in the, the week to score, and he did have a pretty almost game. And let's not forget, he was on 30 at quarter time or something like that, and he only had yeah, uh, 20 for the rest of the game. So I'm yeah. reasonably happy with the, um, the role. The only thing that I would say is the last two games were in Sydney, so Gold Coast and the Swans, both at the SCG. Not the biggest ground, short, stubby, you know, maybe it's not super. Um, it's not the greatest kind of rebounding defender type of ground. He plays Essendon at the MCG next week, which give up bulk points to rebounding. So I think Essendon's the worst or second worst team in the competition for allowing opposition scores from turnovers in their defense in their attacking fifty. So someone like Impey returning the ball. They're, they're, one of, they're one of the worst teams in the competition for that. That's where we, we struggle the most, but we, we kind of like um, are so attacking that we're, we're hoping that our points four is going to out, outmatch that. Yeah, yeah, which it has been recently, which is good. In the five games he's played at the MCG, he also averages 104.4. So in this year, that, that's, a, that's a reasonable sample size. And that even includes... Um, a 90 in round 10, 116 round 8. They, they were all within the last five rounds. So I'm seeing smaller ground, SCG, less space for him to do what he does. Um, had an almost game, coming back to the MCG against the side that actually is not really all that good at trapping the ball in their forward 15, allowing rebounds. I don't see it as a kind of rubber stamp. You've just kind of got to get rid of him. This whole season, we knew Impey was going to be somewhere in the 80s. We were. It looked like he was going to be a high 90s. He would be our last kind of upgrade, maybe become an F7. He's not that, not that anymore. I think we do still have to look at trading him out, but it's not, I don't expect him to go 50-50-50-50-50 like we have 62 the week before and 51. I still think against uh, particularly Essendon this week, there's absolutely no reason to think that he's not going to have a decent week and so like I, i'm i'm more than happy to hold him this week and if i'm you know planning to go you know that, it gives me another look at him and then i can go him to danger next week and i should actually make money by holding him and getting danger next week okay that, from their price great drops. points great points and i agree the game against Essen, essenton for <laughs> essenton. <laughs> <laughs> i so nearly swore on the podcast then um the game against Essendon is a real good opportunity to just lastly assess his role. That's the definition, um, isn't it? If he's not if he's not scoring against Essendon, he gotta go. Yeah, and I think he puts out between seventy and eighty this week, which is is going to be fine. In that instance, I still think he's got to go. Um, I think only really a ninety plus would save him for another week. Yeah. Um, if I was still an owner, but. I did want to ask one last question. Um, if you do see him putting out a 70, you said he's going to lose a little bit more money than Dangerfield this week. A little um, less. If you think Dangerfield Dan- should should lose more Sorry, than Sorry, yes, yes. No, that's what I meant. Um, 
so if if you're gonna technically earn a little bit more money by holding MP for another week, mm. um, what does the point situation to you look like? Because obviously points matter. Points also have a value as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I'm holding MP and he scores seventy, instead of for example, if I've already got three trades in the gun ready to go, could get um, danger. They're all done, and with the fourth trade, I'm like, oh, impeded danger. I can either do it this week or next week. Um, a little bit more money if I wait, but there might be 30 points on the table this week if I do it now. Um, what are your thoughts in that regard? In that situation, I would absolutely... T- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Take the upgrade because there's every chance yep. this week Danger outscores MP by 50 points. The thing is, Danger yep. is... Oh, man, that pick up on the wing. I looked at that and I was like, <laughs> oh, I've got to get him. When I saw that and yeah, then the delivery into the forward 50, I was just like, okay, just chill, bench him. Scotty, just bench him and let him rest. He's, yep. he's, he's surely tired. It's his first game back in a couple of months. Um, that's, I feel like Danger's still going to work into it. He could easily pop out a ton this week, or even you know a low ton. He's not going to go bananas and go one thirty plus. Um, I still think he's going to he's going to be working into it. Um, yep, no, I agree. And so for that reason, a it gives me another look at danger. B it gives me another look at Impy, and I'm not necessarily doing it for the fifteen k that I'm probably going to save by holding it. I'm not doing it for that because that's like the equivalent of bugger all point three points or something on field um i'm doing it just out of getting more data points from danger we have a game in round one a game in round five and then his first game rack uh, in round 13 against port adelaide was a 66 he looked he looked good but yeah not not great you know what i mean next week he's got western bulldogs the week after that he's got the brisbane lions I don't expect danger at this point of his career to just immediately come back from a significant injury that he was out for two months, not match fit, and start averaging 130. You know what I mean? So Particularly against top four sides. So I have all the kind of indicators to me saying there's absolutely no problem um, waiting an extra week. Your scenario that you're giving to, and I know I, I go around in circles before I get to it, if you have nothing else to do and you have a free trade, I would totally just go impute a danger. The problem is, in my situation, I need I need to make four trades to get 18, and I'm prioritizing over that rather than correcting impute considering all the other factors we've talked about. 
Yeah, absolutely, which I think is fine. Um, I think we sort of laid out each different avenue that people might be facing this week and um, giving them a concise uh, bit of Definitely advice concise. in regard. <laughs> no, no, no. So when when I asked you about, and I know you're joking, but when I asked you about the points versus the money, you, you answered 100% correctly. You might be facing a 50-point deficit if you hold on for another week yeah. um, for approximately three points worth of damage in, in the return. So um, absolutely is the correct answer. I think a lot of people will be holding for at least two or three weeks and making danger with their final, final upgrade, yeah. um, in which case you know they might have a thousand other scenarios going through their head. But um, in regards to MP and Dangerfield specifically, I think yeah we, we've, we've covered that intensively. Um, and given good advice. So, lastly, if you've got both Impy and Heaney, I think it's obvious, um, depending on your situation this week for the buy, one of them's not going to lose any money in Heaney. He's going to get you an on-field player in return, If you obviously, if you're trading that way. Um, the other one is going to lose money, but he's, he is already an on-field player this week. Yeah. Um, if you can afford the drop and you're going to get to 18 with MP um, and not no trades left or no way to use that trade to get MP to you know someone decent, then absolutely I would trade Heaney over MP. If you're in the reverse situation, the money doesn't mean much to you. You've probably got maybe a 30, 40K buffer on your, your trade situation already um, and you're going to get to 18 this week with or without MP. I think it's absolutely okay to trade him this week, probably preferable to trade him this week anyway. So... Um, that's kind of it, isn't it? That's the gist. Yeah, well, I think Danger's going to outscore MP and you can get those points on field in the most important buy round that'll give you the most rank jump. Um, but also, if it's going to compromise uh, your upgrades or getting 18, I think having that 18th player is going to be more impactful than having Danger and only having 17. Because that 18th player is probably going to make up for the difference that Danger makes up on MP anyway. So I agree with everything that you're saying. Okay, I got some more tough questions for you sure. before we move into some easier stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about Jaden Shaw and Stephen May specifically. Yep. Um, and this sort of applies to any underperforming premium uh, that play that people might have that are facing the buy this week. Um, those two are, the, are the, the ones that come to my mind because they've been spoken about heavily in Slack, but there are obviously going to be far, far, far more options considering how many teams are on the buy mm-hmm. and, and just players that I probably haven't looked into because they're underperforming premiums. I don't want to upgrade to them. They're not in my team. So apologies for the small sample size here. But with underperforming premiums, as May and Short were not this week, um, how risky are you getting sideways into 18, um, perhaps moving one of those guys to Dan Houston, coming off of a couple of good scores, playing back in defense? Um, or that just being an example, obviously, moving to someone else off the buyer like Lockie Neal or you know just, just anyone along those lines mm-hmm. that, that's going to get you um, maybe a little bit of cash in hand and a player on field this week. Yeah, it's a really good question. A lot of us are faced with that. You know, we've got... Um, eight teams with the buy this week. That's huge. You know, we're basically restricted to half of the competition. We're still going to try and fill the team. I, I think about it in two ways. If you know, if you're going short to, well, I'll, I'll explain through my situation first and why I've structured it that way, and then I'll try and kind of circle around to it. Um. I was faced with an unfortunate situation where I had to do an upgrade on a week that I didn't want to, and I ended up with Sam Doherty. It led to me 
wanting Whitfield down the track, which meant I had seven um, defenders and Laird was going to be, yep. you know, an M8. That was going to be the plan. Found some cash. I can now throw Laird back in defense, but wait, I've already got six defenders. I've got to sacrifice someone. Well, I don't have to, but I'm, I'm planning to. I'm perfect in a situation where I've got to get rid of someone to fit Laird back there and short it just happens to be the one in the worst buy round. I wouldn't, you know, ordinarily get rid of short um, because I still think he's a, a really a really solid option. I mean, we've seen even this week, he's going to average 95 to 98 or something like that for the year, and that's going to be fantastic. It's, it's certainly nothing to, you know, run away from. Um, Ridley's only averaging 98 at the moment. So I'm totally okay with sidewaysing these sort of premiums to someone else um, to, to, to help you get another premium score this week and to get to 18. I'm, I've got absolutely no problem with that. Um, I wouldn't just be doing it, you know, just for the sake of it. There's got to be some sort of... Um, some sort of reasoning behind it. So if you're planning on, um, you know, upgrading short, I, I think that, I think, I think there's a, I've got a little bit of an issue with that. I, I, I think that using that, um, that money, you have to go to um, someone that's going to keep your structure kind of the same you don't want to be losing short in defense and using dpp and ending up with a slightly different you know team sort of thing jb so yep yep i agree i don't know if i'm explaining this this really well i don't i don't basically i don't want it to compromise the longevity of your team we're running out of trades and if getting short out leaves you exposed defensively um, or, you know, maybe you did have Laird in the midfields, you've suddenly swung him back, and then, hey, now you don't have an M8. Um, or, you, you you know, you've got, like, no defensive cover or something like that. Um, that's the kind of risk that you run. You've got to be really, con- you know, considerate about that. Um, it, it's it's the, only, the only reason that I'm getting rid of short this week and not upgrading side bottom this week, who is just a mental health hazard to own, is just literally um, because I've got the the Laird Whitfield conundrum and I've now got seven defenders. Otherwise, I'd be upgrading someone like that because I still love Short. I still love May. I think they're they're great options. They've got really good roles in their side and they're going to score an average in the mid nineties. And that's all you know. Particularly with May, you bought him for so so cheap. You know, there's no problem with that. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. But you know, you you've just got to be emotionless. You've you've just got to. Take your motion out. Yes, you're sideways in your premium. We got two bonus trades to help with the buys. This is what it's helping us with. You know, we can get an extra premium yeah. side from this free trade. Yeah. So uh, I suppose May is one that I would specifically say not to trade out. I think he's he's got a 100 average in him. I don't think he's like a, a guarantee to get our 100 average for the rest of the season, but I think he has it in him. Um, sure, I think he's had more lower scores than higher scores. He's, I think he's averaging 85 in the last month and a half or something um, before this week's game. I think Hooley has had the effect that we thought he would have on him, um, as well as Short just having 
you know a, a few a few average games with clangers. He's obviously really young and he's he's still improving, but you know they they they're just prone to those games occasionally. Yeah. Andy Brayshaw, I think, is another one. If you if you went for the Andy Brayshaw trade, he's five hundred and six k. Um, he's turned up every second week, but in between those weeks, he's had a seventy, an eighty, and a ninety now. Um, he's 506k. If I could use the trade to get hit off of him on his buy um, and target someone like Lockie Neal coming off of his buy or someone that you trust perhaps more than Neal and hopefully more than Tom Mitchell as much as... I, I still find it just impossible to, <laughs> um, to to tell people to get Mitchell. But um, for example, those are the type of players. I'm, I'm okay with using the trade on them. Again, I wouldn't be compromising my f- future trade situation. I wouldn't yeah. be going down to you know one trade at, at full premium just to do this, just to get that one extra player. But it's, it's kind of like we discussed earlier. Um, there's only so much you should be able to compromise, um, and it's going to probably cost you a bit of money, especially from someone like Andy Brayshaw. Um, it's probably going to cost you about fifty k to get to someone half decent. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't compromise future trades um, for premium by a certain round. Just keep every one of your other KPIs in in check, and if you can afford to do a sideways, I don't hate it. Um, it's good outside the box thinking. You're going to get a hundred points for it this week um, if you go from 17 to 18 by doing the move. Um, I don't mind it at all. So, essentially, if whoever you trade them to and from, I think this is kind of an underrated point as well, Chizo. Um, even if they out average your player, so for example, if you go shorts Dan Houston, um, and short averages ninety eight and Houston averages ninety five, um, you actually have to take away this game in which you're getting eighteen players from, um, from shorts. So shorts getting you from now on, he's getting you a zero, and then all those games. Yeah, Houston's playing for the rest of the year, so it's kind of an underrated point in the whole thing as well. So just. Just assess your team. There are situations where I think it's super viable. Um, there are situations where I, I see people do it, and I think you're just trying to get a little too fancy, especially if you're going from 18 to 19. I, I wouldn't wouldn't bother even looking into it at all. I'd, I'd save those luxuries for later on in the season for either injuries or when someone's actually having a super, super form slump. Like, we're talking about guys coming off of a ton this week, Chizo, so it's not ultimately it's not that bad. Um, it just might be a way to get fancy and get 18 on the park. Uh, you just give me an idea. Um, because this is just like a bonus trade that we've been given so that we can do moves literally like this, um, I, I see a lot of people going, oh, who can I go short to? I'll get Stuart. He's been so good this year. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll pick him up. And then suddenly you've spent 50K and that's you know 50K you might need to do your upgrade. Yeah, so I think yeah. you've got to be you've got to project a couple of weeks in, in advance if you haven't already finished your side, which a lot of us haven't. I know some people have. Um that you've just got to stay cognizant of. There's Ooh, to stay to stay safe, I'm actually swapping him to someone that's of equal price. Someone like uh, if you can do some DPP like me and get someone like a Langford. It's just a free trade. You're swapping one from the other. If Langford's role reverts and he goes back to averaging in the 80s for the rest of the year, he's still got a whole entire game up on short. Um, so yep. short would need to significantly uh, out-average him um, to kind of make up the difference. And even then, it's going to be something he's probably making up in the final week, and you just need one good game from the player that you've brought in. Uh, so that leads leads kind of the to the question... Do we need to be trade doing this premium swap from someone like Short up 
to a Stewart, or is it totally okay grabbing someone like a Houston who's going to play the extra game, should average similarly, if not, you know, even slightly less than the player, but because they play one more, that's not a problem. And then we don't get sucked into, you know, withdrawing the cash that we've got planned for other future trades. Um, you know, like instead of getting, you know, you might miss out on danger and have to pick Dusty this year, which, you know, may or may not be a good choice, but instead you got Houston and can guarantee you get danger. You know, what do you think of that sort of scenario, JB? Are you, do you necessarily have a choice or, you know, a preference whether you go from short to a, you know, a much higher price premium or you, you, because they've got the extra game of their sleeve, are you more looking to do this premium swap to someone that averages about or costs about the same? Yeah, and again, it's super team dependent. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not going to talk anyone off of Tom Stewart because no, 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 obviously no. he's he's great and he also has that game in hand, so it's just going to stretch that margin further. Um, but if you were tight in your trades, Houston, I, I think he's a perfect example of this. I actually think he's going to average more than um, uh, more than short anyway. He has over the last two weeks since he's moved. They've both been in defense. Um, I, I just I just think he has the ability to, to go 95 to 100, whereas I think Short is more of an 85 to 90 type of player um, with the, the, the way the last month and a half has gone for him, um, which isn't obviously by any means terrible. I wouldn't trade him out in normal situations, but with these special circumstances, I absolutely can justify the, the Short to Houston. Probably preferable, but if you're swimming in money and you didn't trade James Jordan out in round four like I did, um, you you could probably afford, and if you can afford to go up and get someone like Stewart, it's also um, not a time to overcomplicate it and you know try and get fancy on the fancy already. But um, essentially, you're going to have options, and and trading down or sidewaysing is probably preferred if, um, especially like if you're like everyone else and and just are short on the money. So um, assess the options around you, and if you have to reach for the stars, then. Hopefully, your buy planning and future premium planning is airtight. <laughs> airtight, Jiso. Um, we're going to move on. I've got some less difficult questions to ask you now. Um, but specifically about the downgrade options, the fact that we pretty much have none. Um, a lot of people, when Reeves went out last week, got on Newcomb on his debut. I was one of those. Um, you were one of those, and our other podcast friend, Pistol was one of those. So I kind of, from that sample size, assume that a few people were forced into that move. If you weren't forced into that move, he's the easiest trade that you'll make this season. He looked incredible. He should have job security as long as he does half of what he did on the weekend. So um, just a really, really, like, I, I don't think I've seen a player fit in that quickly into a system and, and just perform as well as he did, especially coming from where he did. The mid-season draft is, is kind of just, I don't know. It really surprised me, Cheese. I, I expected a 40 or 50, and he came out with a 75, and I think he surpassed everyone's expectations, probably even Clarko. So um, he's an easy trade, trade in. If you need another trade-down option, downgrade option, or if you've already got Newcomb, what the hell do we do this week? <laughs> Look, it's a great question, and I've got the answer. Uh, cry. Uh, so... Garcia might be back for the doggies, um, so he's a yep. reasonably priced player. Um, we've had some positive news on Reeves from Clarko, but Seglord played like probably the game of his life in the week we didn't want him yep. to. Uh, so kudos right. to him. Uh, so they're the two obvious ones. 
getting a little bit left field uh, with Andy McGrath going out for the Bombers. They might unveil Sam Durham for uh, his first game. Very, very unlikely in my opinion. Um, but, you know, if he does get named, I would have no hesitation jumping on someone like him because um, uh, I think the Tigers uh, wanted him in in the mid-season draft because they planned on uh, giving him some exposure this year. So um, the fact that Essendon jumped in ahead and picked him when we're having all these midfield injuries, you know, only opens the door. How wide that door has opened, I'm not sure. Um, yep. Beyond that, we're literally probably left with debutants. And mm-hmm. I guess this kind of comes full circle. Um, if you had 17 and you had a straight up your sleeve, JB, is there any issue with jumping on a debutant this year or this week to get 18? My opinion is there's, you know, there's no problem with that whatsoever, you know, provided they're not like someone like a lockdown defender or, you know, like a key forward that, you know, in the, the tracing mold that, you know, has a fair chance of going under 30. I think with Newcomb, we knew from his, his VFL form, uh, averaging close to 25 touches and like 10 tackles a game in the VFL or at least over his last four games or something like that. So um, with that kind of history behind him and that kind of style, it was a very, very small chance he was going to come in and average 20 and get two touches and, you know, have one tackle attempt. It becomes a little bit more sketchy when the you know the the debutant you're choosing between has very very limited kind of history backing them up. Yeah, I agree. Zero issue. Um, I think Valente is another one to look out for. He had 26 touches in the waffles. Yeah, week, that's so true. He could put his hand up for a debutant. Um, yeah, I, I think it's fine. You only need them really for this one week. Hopefully, you have slightly better cover throughout the, throughout the rest of the season. So it's a little easier, especially with someone like um, Edwards for West Coast. Um, a lot of people getting him in next week, which I think will be probably the most popular trade of the week. Um, he looks excellent as well. Um, we'll be able to get him at 117K. It's just obviously he's not going to play this week, so we can't mm. endorse it this round. So... The only other option I have, Chizo, and yes, I'm saying yes to debutons, absolute tick. Yep. The only other option I have here is someone who's 198K. What? And on the bubble. What? Filter by three matches. Filter no, price. No, no, no. No, no. Don't filter by three. He's played... Oh, my God. What? Six games this year. <laughs> what? For scores of 60, 53, 27, 41, 16. And now, in his most recent match in round 12, a 71. Who are we talking It's Paddy about? Dow. He's 4K cheaper than his starting price. Oh, my God. Oh, we can't do it, can we? I mean, his, his price has been heavily affected by the fact that he was a sub about 35 times. <laughs> um, and, and awful in the other... Percentage of games, um, but he did just score seventy one against West Coast. He had a midfield role back. He's had a midfield, midfield. role all year. What are you talking about? No, I know, but he, he found some form in the twos, and he scored seventy one against West Coast. They've got GWS. His break even's thirty two. If he if he gets anything more than fifty five this week, he's got a negative break even at two hundred k. Could be could be one to a. He's got he's got a break even of thirty two, and he he's only a seventy six percent chance of reaching that. 
<laughs> is a three Look, out of I'm not one saying out of four, is a quarter Tuesday. percent, a quarter of a chance, whatever. All right, of not making thirty. Is my question for you is 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 if Reeves, Garcia, Valente, Essendon guy who I don't know how to pronounce because I haven't seen his name written down, <laughs> Debuton, all fall through. Are you looking at Dow or are you getting a zero loophole player for the rest of the season? I would ignore Dow and I would get Luke Edwards on his bye because he'll be there next week and we'll go up in cash. What about your whole thing about getting to 18 <laughs> is, but, is more important? But Paddy Dow at 200k, that extra 100 grand that you're spending on top of the other rookie could absolutely destroy your future upgrades. What if it doesn't? Well, we'll put it this way. If I picked Paddy Dow over the player that I'm going to get this week, or you know, a, a loophole, for example, I wouldn't be able to get Danger next week and I wouldn't be able to get Grundy back. It would destroy well, my trades. Well, Chiso, it's not all about you and your trades. But we talked what about, about if, it, if it destroys your trades, you don't get the 18th. That's literally what we said. But... If it doesn't destroy person <laughs> Tom or, or, or Jim, who's listening right it. now, if it doesn't destroy their trades, I'm sliding down would, you, would you advise for them to get an 18th man in Dow or get someone like Edwards? I would say... I want to hear the words come out of your <laughs> mouth, Chizo. I would say there's no problem with that. Okay. That's all I needed to hear. It's fine. We can move on now. Um, essentially, we might be left with Dow as our only option. And if you uh, can afford to get Dow and not ruin your plans and not go down a trade for it, then it could be worse. He's probably going to give you 50 to 70 points this week as, as someone who has a decent role and hopefully has found a bit of confidence coming off the buy. I'm loving that you're putting a Cancer Council bet on Paddy Dow getting fifty to seventy points this week. That's that's great from you, JB. I love okay, that. Okay, let, let's 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 go for it. So twenty dollars <laughs> either way, fifty plus minus you or me. Let's go. All right, done. All right, cool. Let's 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 uh, let's follow that one with interest. Wait, null um, and void. Okay, null so... and void if he doesn't get selected, which is a possibility. Yes, yes, real possibility. <laughs> um, he might be everyone's only option is all I'm saying. Yeah. One to keep an eye on. Right. So um, I, I couldn't fit him into my trade plan, so I'd be getting Edwards. But I just want to <laughs> just want to put it out there. If I could afford him and it was him or a zero and having 17, I would get Dow. Um, that felt okay, gross well, that making kind of, that. uh, that's a That's a real dull way to, to sort of wrap up the talking <laughs> topics but the only thing I've got left on my sheet Chizo, is captaincy options and besides Paddy Dow who are you looking at? <laughs> oh jeez um, I think it's a a bit of a difficult week because we don't have the, the usual suspects to sort of rely on um, I love it is. it's exciting I, I love um, that the doggies come up against um, uh, in the at start of the week, so we're not having to rely on them against the cats. We can take um, you know someone like um, McRae or Bont against the cats, uh, who I yep. think will score well. But at Cadenia Park, they may not have their best week, so it's not. One it might of, be like a one twenty. Yeah, of situation. that's sort of what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking it ends up being a Jack Steele situation like this week, where we're like, oh, do we take it? Do we not take it? Gorn should score well, and then yeah. you know, like we just end up in the same. So I'm, I'm not seeing a one fifty 
from them both. I mean, obviously they can, but um, just not quite seeing it. Uh, in terms yeah. of backup options, I do like Jared Lyons against North. Uh, potentially Neil. Love Jared Lyons. Potentially Neil if you have him, but that, that would be really, really ballsy. Love Neil. Um, I li- I, you know what? I like them both for the VC. And this kind of only works for one or two set of people. Yeah, Kelly. I think it works for Josh Kelly owners yes. as a captaincy option against Carlton. Yep. And I think it kind of works with Sam Walsh as well. Uh, um, but with the DeBoer tag, which... DeBoer scares me, but I'm I'm going under the presumption that DeBoer gets dropped because he was very, very, very subpar on the weekend. So um, if that happens, if DeBoer's not in the game, I think Walsh and Kelly, good backup options yeah. after a VC on Neil or Lions, But if not, if the Boar's named and, and things are looking a bit shaky, if, or if you don't own Josh Kelly, Bulldog into um, Lion is probably yep. optimal as well. Tom Mitchell's the other one, I think. Oh, no. Nah, I'm way too scared to go, Titch. Way too scared. I mean, yeah. I am too. He did look good on the weekend. Um, he looks and great. there is a guy that I... Yeah, he looked unreal, but he's done that before, unfortunately, yeah, to us. Against Essendon, um, he loves and he, pummeling us. And he's done it against Essendon, so that's who he plays this week. Mm. Um, Zach Merritt against Hawthorne, potentially yep. another option as well. With, Paz, just someone with the highest Parish, uh, high floor. Don't forget Parrish. He, he's going to go crazy oh, if you've against got, if, if you've got Parrish, it's such an easy decision. You just vice-captain someone who you think could go 150, uh, and then you turn it down and get Parrish's 180. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love that. So... Uh, safe safe option in McRae or Bont on uh, Friday would be what I'll be going with and probably yep jeez beyond that I'll figure it out probably Josh Kelly <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm personally going um, I think I'll go Lockie Neal into Josh Kelly I think I've got to get Neil this week for my upgrades and might as well just full centre and back him and Josh Kelly the two most recent people into my side as premiums in as my vice captain captaincy Options. Um, just quietly, I don't mind um, a potential VC of like Tom Stewart, perhaps even, yeah. um, or Aaron Hall against Brisbane. They, those could be just sneakier options, but um, maybe a bit too left field there. I don't know. No, no, Aaron Hall is a good one. I, look, um, I put the call out in Slack today, J, today JB, that you know, Pistol led us astray. You know, a few weeks ago, that he came out. on this podcast and he said. You know what, JB? I think Aaron Hall has the potential to average close to 110 in his role across halfback. He got tagged by DeBoer and got 141. Imagine if he wasn't tagged. And I think Pistol <laughs> owes the community an apology because he's averaging 119 in this role. He totally undersold this to everyone who was listening to the podcast. Maybe people didn't get Hall because they thought, ah, he's only going to go 110. 120! He's nearly going 120! What the heck? <laughs> Uh, can we be surprised though? Pistol has very selfish intentions sometimes. By the way, Aaron Hall's proj is 133 this week against Brisbane Lions. Can I just say, maybe I'm looking at the wrong VC option <laughs> in Lucky <laughs> Neil. Maybe I'm. Maybe I should be looking at Aaron Hall. That you know, KFC, Supercoach Plus. You know, what are they? The the projections, the projes. Yes, it's the short punch. for prodigy because Aaron Hall is the prodigy of our forward line. And on that note...
<laughs> on that note, what we're going to do is we're going to end the podcast, Chiso. It's been excellent having you on, as always. You and I should podcast more often. I think we, we bring a lot more flair than you know, little old pistol over there. Um, I only said it because I know he's listening. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to plug the Twitter. So we have the main is Dr. Underscore SC. My Twitter is JB underscore DRSC. And then yours is Cheeso with a Z underscore DRSC. Pistols, obviously, Pistol underscore DRSC. We plug those every time. I don't know if we've ever had a follower that has listened to the podcast. If you've followed our Twitter because you've heard it on the podcast, can you let me know in some way, shape, or form so we can either stop doing this forever or continue doing it and maybe put a bit more gusto in it? Yeah. Um, thank, you, everyone, for, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back again, obviously, next week to, to decompress what happened over the buy rounds. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.